Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. A kick. It is. Good. 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 To be the man, you gotta beat the man. The 2 1. Swung line drive left field. One run is in. Here's Kevin Green. This is the Powers on Sports Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Powers on Sports Podcast. Appreciate you giving us a listen as we record this podcast, heading into another football weekend. We've got a lot of good NFL action this weekend. We've got some good college games. We're going to give you a couple of baseball notes, a couple of managerial hires in the last week or so that we're going to talk about. And most importantly, hopefully you've gotten through this election okay, no matter who, which side you vo- have voted for. It's, obviously, it's been a very contentious week and lots of up and, ups and downs and votes getting counting and all, counted and all that. And it looks like we will probably have a pretty good picture here come Friday night of, of who's going to win the election. Uh, things obviously are starting to lean towards Biden in a couple of the big states that were still up for debate. Hopefully we can have a civil, if, if Biden does win, hopefully we can have a civil transition by the, by President Trump and company. It doesn't turn into a complete shit show. And uh, hopefully Trump will have the country at, as, at, at the forefront of his thought processes as opposed to accusing everybody of cheating and fraud and all that good stuff, which is really a slap in the face to a lot of people around the world, around the country who've spent a lot, a lot of time in the last months and days, especially this week, poll workers, all these election offices, counting votes, all that kind of good stuff and giving every, every, everybody an opportunity to have their vote counted. So kudos to the American people for getting out and getting out and voting again, no matter who you vote for. Uh, it's, it's Sounds like we've had the more people vote in this election than the last hundred years, which is a great thing. Let's not make this the last time that we uh, have this kind of turnout. Because again, this is how we, you, me, we all express our 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 freedoms is by voting. So glad get out and vote. If you didn't vote this time, definitely making a point to register and vote. Get out and vote the next time because. That's how all these government decisions and policies, all that stuff gets made because of uh, people you elect, that we elect. I want to give a quick shout out to a buddy of mine, Scott Levinson. He uh, ran for city city county commissioner here down in Hillsborough County, down here in Tampa. Uh, Came up just short, lost a very close election. But I want to give him a shout out for uh, the credit for him for running. He ran a very... uh, Ran against a tough opponent. He he was kind of a, a long shot to even get to the get through the primary. He got through the primary. So big shout out to Scott Levinson for his efforts and his campaign. To, to and even though he came up just a little bit short in his uh, goal of being county commissioner in Hillsborough County. All right, so heading into the weekend, 
We're going to first talk some college football. A couple things from last week. How about Michigan getting beat by Michigan State? A lot of heat on Harbaugh starting to simmer up now up in the Big Ten. Uh, a lot of talk about is, is Harbaugh going to maybe jump back to the NFL? Will Mich- would Michigan consider firing him at the end of this year if he doesn't finish out the year strong? He's had lots and lots of problems beating his kind of the Michigan rivals, the Michigan States, the Ohio States of the world, the Penn States. Uh, he's got a very poor record against ranked opponents. He, I don't think he's beaten Ohio State yet since he's been in Ann, uh, Ann Arbor. Again, he lost a bad game last week against Michigan State, who had gotten beat the week before by Rutgers. Uh, Michigan State's got a new coach. Mich- Michigan was about a 22-point favorite last week, so just a kind of a inexcusable loss by the Wolverines because they played very well in week one against Minnesota. So it'll be very interesting to keep an eye on what happens up in Ann Arbor um, with the hardball situation. I could definitely see an opportunity where an NFL team comes a call in, a team like the Jets, who will most likely have the number one pick in the draft, say, hey, come come to New York City. You're going to have the number one pick, which is probably either going to be Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. Um, and to me, Harbaugh is more of an NFL coach than he is a college coach. I don't think Harbaugh loves the whole recruiting and all that stuff that goes into that. I think he's more I think he's more comfortable dealing with kind of the grown men that he deals with in the NFL. Um, so just keep an eye on Harbaugh up in Michigan because I think that's the situation that could go very uh, that could turn quickly. And my prediction is going to be that he's going to be in the NFL next year. Again, it wouldn't surprise me a bit if he's in New York. Uh, the Jets tried to get him several years ago. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people thought they were going to try to go after him several years ago when he went when he went to Michigan. But I'm going to make the I'm going to make the call. Jim Harbaugh back in the NFL in 2021. The Pac-12 is back. Welcome back to the Pac-12. They they they're the last kind of Power Five conference to the to the party here on the on the, on the football schedule. They start play their play tomorrow. I think they're going to try to play a six or seven weeks straight from now until mid December. So the Pac-12 is back. One interesting caveat that they're 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 doing a few times this this year and starting tomorrow they are going to do that with the Arizona State USC game. They are going to play at nine o'clock Pacific time, which means they're going to play at the twelve o'clock Eastern time window. I think they're making a calculated uh, decision here to do that, to try to get more into the national uh, viewership. The 12 o'clock window is the big, is a big window in the college football world. Um, obviously, the Pac-12 is kind of known for their Pac-12 after dark kind of series of games when they play late at night on a Saturday night, like a 10.30 on Saturday night for the late viewers. But again, the Pac-12 is, is experimenting with a couple of these 9 o'clock in the morning Pacific Coast time games. They're not doing it every week. They're just going to do it three, I think, two or three times. I think I read they're going to have two or three of these 12 o'clock window games on the East Coast to see how the ratings, if they can get any more national exposure, some of that kind of stuff. The Pac-12's had some, already had some issues with COVID. California's already canceled a game this weekend. Um, there's been several other games canceled already. Air Force and Army's canceled. Tulsa and Navy have been canceled. There's been some COVID issues in the in the service academies. So that's, again, something to be looking out for. Pretty soon they're going to run out of days and weeks to, to move these games to, so you probably will see some games canceled outright with no makeup date, especially in some of these non-Power 5 conferences. 
the AAC, the Conference USA, um, games in these. In, in, there's also going to be games in some of these conf- these Power Five conferences that don't have any bearing on the championship game. So those games probably will not get made up. Um, so just again, more and more cases are popping up more regularly. So very fluid situation here with the COVID and all that stuff. So hopefully we can get through the season and, and have some version of a playoff system. But again, it'll be very interesting to see how that, how that unfolds. If you have teams that don't play uh, a proportionate number of games, again, Wisconsin's a great example. They've already, this will be their second game they've missed. Um, what if a team like Wisconsin went six and zero, something like that, but they only played six games versus a team that played, eight or nine games. How do you evaluate them and all that kind of good stuff. So it'll be very interesting to see how these, the selection committee as we get closer to December starts to weigh those things. But again, you're going to have some COVID issues continuing. Uh, I think they've most, from all indications, most places have done a pretty good job of handling it. The conferences have done a pretty good job in managing it to, to what, to where they can. Uh, but you will continue to see that couple big games on the docket this week. There are two monster games involving two top 10 matchups involving top 10 teams. First, Florida, Georgia. The cocktail party is back on in Jacksonville, Florida again this year. The Gators come in with one loss. They came back last week after they had a little bit of a COVID hiatus. They came back in last week, beat Missouri. The takeaway from that game was if you saw, there was a big brawl at halftime right at the going into the half between Missouri and Florida. Kind of a uh, the last play of the half, quarterback for Florida got hit up high, no call on a, on a potential personal foul. It was, it was a close call, could have gone either way. Dan Mullen comes out on the field, riles everybody up. They get into a brawl, three players get ejected. Just an ugly look for the SEC, Florida and Missouri. Um, Dan Mullen has been very, very edgy this year. You recall Mullen was spouting off after the Texas A&M game about about how he wanted ninety thousand at uh, Florida Field the next week for a home game when the administration's only letting him have twenty or twenty five thousand. Um, Mullen has been very very animated this year concerning lots of things. I like him as a coach. I don't like that he keeps running his mouth too much so much off the field. Uh, but he's a hell of a coach. He's done a great job with the Florida program, bringing them back to respectability and, and national relevance. So we'll see what Dan Mullen has not beaten Georgia yet since he's been back in Gainesville. Kirby Smart, Georgia, lackluster performance last week against Kentucky, won 14-3. Their quarterback has been uh, up and down. Stetson Bennett had a good couple games, didn't play well against Alabama, didn't play great last week against Kentucky. But they're gonna win. They're gonna rely on their defense and their running game. I think to, to to pull them through here as we move forward during the season. They got a stellar defense, good running, good running attack, good running backs. But Bennett and, and the offense, the quarterback is gonna have to make some plays. Whether it's tomorrow against Florida and or down the road, if they see Alabama again. Um, I, I'm not sure they have enough receivers. And, again, I'm not sure the quarterback is talented enough to be able to do that. I like, uh, again, their big rivalry game. I think there's only going to be, you know, 15,000, 18,000 in Jacksonville tomorrow. That, that Whatever the number of tickets are, they'll split the tickets evenly. So it'll be, you know, half orange and half red. 
I like Georgia tomorrow. I think the defense uh, will be will be enough. You got Florida with Kyle Trask. You got uh, you got Kyle Pitts, the the big time tight, the All American tight end. Um, the defense of Florida is a little bit lackluster. Played better last week, but they've been they've struggled. Be interesting to see how they handle or how Stetson Bennett's able to to, to uh, probe that defense in the passing attack. Again, if you're Georgia, you've got to be able to throw the ball a little bit and consistently throw the ball, uh, manage manage the game enough to be able to move the ball. Because if they can't throw the ball, they're going to have zero chance against an Alabama uh, down the road. If you if you if you get through Florida and you get to a champion SEC championship game, so. I do like Georgia tomorrow in the defense. I think there'll be enough defense. I think Bennett will have enough offense with the running game. Uh, I think so. I think I'm going to take Georgia tomorrow in the cocktail party in Jacksonville. The other huge matchup: Notre Dame hosting Clemson. Clemson heads to South Bend, prime time NBC tomorrow night. No Trevor Lawrence out for with COVID. The fresh, the true freshman DJ. Uagalele is the high-ranked prospect that played last week against Boston College. They escaped last week against BC. Had to come from way behind to win the game, 34-28. He played pretty. He played much better in the second half than he did in the first half. The question here is, can the Notre Dame offense produce enough points against that Clemson defense, in my opinion? Notre Dame has got a really good running game. They got really good offensive and defensive linemen, and they're going to really try to control the game on the ground. But can Ian Book and company can they make enough some pat plays in the passing game to keep Clemson honest? Clemson's going to load up against the run, and they're going to challenge the Notre Dame receivers. And can Ian Book, who's who's had a good career, not a great career, but a good career at Notre Dame, can he step up to the pump? And deliver tomorrow night. He's going to have some opportunities in the passing game. Can they can they hit Clemson for some plays in the passing game? Clemson, I think they're going to keep doing what they do. Brent Venables on defense as a defensive coordinator is excellent. He's going to be. You know, they've got a very underrated defense. Everybody always thinks of Clemson's offense, but usually in these big games, their defense is who who t- tends to take over, take the game over, and, and really dominate the, the, the play. Uh, Clemson tomorrow, I think, again, I think they're going to do what they do. They're going to give uh, Uagalele plenty of opportunities to do what they do. I think the Notre Dame defense is good, good enough to can keep them in, in relative check. But, again, I think this is this game's going to come down to Notre Dame. Clemson's minus five, like my man Bino Cook used to say, Notre Dame has material. This is the game for Brian Kelly. He's not been very good. Um, not had a lot of big wins, especially as an underdog at Notre Dame. So this is a great spot for Brian Kelly. This would be a this is a huge game for the potential for the national uh, playoff implications. The question is going to be if Clemson loses, how much weight is going to be given to Trevor Lawrence not playing by by the selection committee? Obviously, if Notre Dame wins this game. There's very likely going to be a rematch in the ACC championship game when you when you assume Lawrence will be available. So this could be the first of two meetings between these two programs, especially if Notre Dame wins tomorrow. The likelihood is they would play again in the championship game. Um, I like Notre Dame tomorrow. I think Book's going to play a big game tomorrow at home. Again, not going to have a huge crowd. You're going to have a, you're going to have a few fans in South Bend for a night game. Um, 
That would have been a terrific environment. If you had 75,000 in, in, at South Bend tomorrow night for touch, with Touchdown Jesus looking over top, you got NBC, prime time, cold weather. So I, I think the weather could be a, a factor too if it happens to be cold up there tomorrow. But I think somehow, some way, Notre Dame's going to find a way to get it done. I think the defense is going to stymie the freshman quarterback just enough. I think it's going to be like a 27-20 to 20 kind of game, 27-21 kind of game. And take Notre Dame in the five tomorrow in the upset, South Bend, touchdown Jesus, be no cook. Because remember, Notre Dame has material. So there you have it. You're listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. I'm your host, Jason Powers, down here in Tampa. Tell your friends about us. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Subscribe to the podcast. Rate it and review it. Uh, Check us out. Try to give you some very good nuggets of information heading into your sports weekend. Very football-centric this time of the year, but we'll talk baseball, basketball, college basketball, all that good stuff as we move along in the calendar. So tell your friends, check us out, forward on the podcast to people you know who like sports. We're going to have, we have some guests coming up. We're going to have a couple ESPN guys coming on the podcast in the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned, check us out. And I'll even give some gambling picks here at the end of the podcast. I'm going to give some, I'll give some picks some gambling picks for the NFL and college football. Let's do the, we'll do actually I'll do some college couple gambling college football picks now. One, I told you I like Notre Dame in the points tomorrow. A team that I like to rebound. I like Michigan minus the three against Indiana. Again, I think Michigan will rebound. Everybody's thinking, why the hell is Michigan three point favorites after getting smashed? And Indiana's coming off two big wins. I think Michigan's better. I'll take Michigan on the road minus the three. Kind of a sneaky game that I like. I like Nebraska tomorrow, plus the three and a half, heading to Northwestern. Northwestern came off of a one-point win last week at Iowa City over the Hawkeyes. I think Scott Frost and company, week off against Ohio State. I'm going to take, give me Nebraska in the three and a half tomorrow on the road in Evanston against the Wildcats. Um, A slight lean to Georgia tomorrow, minus the three and a half. And I'm going to give you one more. I'm going to lean Arizona State plus the 11 and a half, 12 against USC tomorrow. Herm Edwards and company, Jaden Daniels, the quarterback, sophomore quarterback. I like the uh, I like what they're doing at Arizona State. Clay Helton, a lot of pressure on him at USC. Good quarterback, good offense. I'm not sure defensively, and obviously it's the first game of the year. Who knows how these teams have reacted, but I'm going to take in a competitive game, I'm going to take Arizona State plus the points. In the Pac-12 Sunrise Game of the Week, breakfast in the Coliseum. Instead of breakfast at Wimbledon, we're going to have breakfast at the Coliseum. Um, So give me Arizona State and the points tomorrow as well. Let's head over. Let me me do a couple quick baseball notes. There's two quick managerial hires. Breaking news on today, right before I started this recording. Joey Cora back with the Red Sox as their manager. Remember, Cora was involved in the sign-stealing scandal with the Astros. He won the World Series with the Red Sox in 18. 
But prior to that, he was with the Astros as a bench coach. He was involved in that. He got he was he they mutually uh, parted ways last year. Basically, a a wink wink suspension. So he parted ways. Ron Renicky came aboard for the Red Sox. A very down year for the Red Sox. Renicky was not retained. Joey Cora rehired today by the Boston Red Sox um, as their manager. Interesting to see. I remember, A.J. Hinch just got a job about a week ago with the Detroit Tigers. He's back in the mix. Again, he was the other uh, big name behind all the, the, the scandal in Houston. Tony La Russa. The old man, 76, 77 years old, former Cardinal manager, Oakland A manager. People don't realize he started his career. His first managerial job was with the White Sox back in the 80s. Took them to some successful years, playoff runs. La Russa back in Chicago with Reinsdorf in the, in the White Sox. Uh, I think that's a good hire. La Russa's a Tampa guy. He's got huge, huge roots here in Tampa as far as his baseball growing up here. Uh, I think that's going to be a good move for the White Sox. They got a very young, up and coming young team. I think Larusa is the kind of manager that will that will mold that talent, will get that nasty little bit of the edge back to, to get them over the top. If you remember, the White Sox made the playoffs this year, lost to Oakland, pretty fairly quietly uh, in the in the uh, wild card rounds. But Larusa back in the White Sox, Cora with the Red Sox, and AJ Hinch. Back with the Detroit Tigers. I think that's all the managerial uh, vacancies, I think, is, have, have been filled. Uh, the Mets have been sold to Steve Cohen, so look for them to be big spenders on the free agent market. Lots of chatter about Francisco Lindor. Whether he, when, when is he going to get traded and to who? George Springer's a free agent. Trevor Bauer's a free agent. So you got some big names on the free agent market. Again, we'll be interested to see how these teams spend money with the with the revenue situation being down with the with, with COVID in 2020, heading into 2021. Still no, uh, you know, still no idea what the fan situation is going to be for the MLB games, the revenue. So it'll be interesting to see how these owners spend during free agency. I would expect the Yankees and the Mets to be active, especially the Mets with this new owner. They need some pizzazz. They need a couple impact players. So be looking for the Mets to be very active with either Springer and or Lindor. Um, and also, don't be surprised if the Yankees are involved in the Lindor mix as well. So there's your couple baseball notes. The NBA, is they've just negotiated a December 22nd start date. They wanted to not start playing until, until MLK Day in late January, but they've negotiated before Christmas. Obviously, Christmas Day is a huge day for the NBA and TV, uh, ESPN, TNT, and all their partners. So they needed that game, those games to happen, and it, and it has. So now they're going to negotiate the money situation with the salaries. But NBA action will be back in December, late December, right before Christmas. So there's your NBA and baseball update. Remember, the Masters is next week in Augusta. Very odd that the Masters is going to be mid-November. You do have the ma again. College game. How about college game day going to Augusta to, to, to do their college game day next Saturday from Augusta? That'll be pretty cool to see. Um, and again, the Masters is rolling in Augusta next week. National Football League Week 9. Thursday night, Aaron Rodgers lit up the JV 49ers last night out in Santa Clara. 
Huge game for Rodgers, four touchdowns. Huge game for Devontae Adams, who is quickly emerging as a top two receiver in the league. He's been unbelievable this year since when he's played. Um, just purely dominating people on the outside. Great job by Rodgers last night. Uh, throwing four touchdowns. Just, again, a depleted 49er roster, especially on offense. Everybody and Anybody and everybody you can think of for the 49ers was, was out last night on offense. The defense is down a little bit this year as well. No Dick Sherman at corner. Uh, they traded Quan Alexander, the middle linebacker, this this last week at the trade deadline. And again, if you're if you're a Packers fan, the big talk with the Packers was: were they going to do anything at the trade deadline to help their their wide receiving core? They did not. So they did no no acquisition. I think they're banking on Alan Lazard. They really like Lazard. Uh, he should be back in the next week or two from his injury. Um, they got obviously you have Adams, Aaron Jones returned last night to play pretty well. Tanya at tight end. To me, the area they needed help on was on defense. They needed to me, they could have gone out and got a defensive linebacker, uh, maybe a defensive lineman, something like that. That would have been the move for me, but they did not. They they stood pat, made no moves. So it'll be interesting to see how the Packers, when they face a big team in the NFC, um, a Buccaneers, a Saints, a New Orleans, I mean a Seattle how they stack up because they've had major problems stopping the run. Dalvin Cook destroyed them last week with four touchdowns and about 175 yards rushing. Uh, that's their that's their Achilles heel is the run defense, and can they hold up on defense? So good win last night, a game you had to win if you're Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Uh, the 49ers are done, Kittle done, Garoppolo done. So you'll see a... Uh, I would expect to see no better than seven and nine out of the 49ers this year, uh, but they will probably you probably will not see Kittle again. You probably won't see Garoppolo again this year. Uh, question is: Is this Jimmy G's last run in San Francisco? Um, lots of chatter about possibly Sam Darnold might be in the mix. Matt Ryan. Be very interesting to see what the 49ers do. Lynch and Shanahan are not afraid to be aggressive, making moves in the offseason. So be on the lookout to see will. Uh, Jimmy G survive another year in San Francisco, or will he be moved? Could he? Could Jimmy G go back to New England? To me, that would be a good fit for them. It's obviously not working out super well with Cam Newton, so I could definitely see the Patriots being in the market for Jimmy G next year. That would be an, a logical move. If you are going to trade Jimmy G, send him back to New England where familiarity is very high. So keep an eye out on that. Jimmy G back to New England. Week 9 NFL, the marquee matchup of the week is the Bucks saints here in Tampa. Sunday night, Chris and Al. Uh, huge game in, with NF, NFC uh, playoff implications. Huge, huge game for the Buccaneers. If they lose the game, the Saints will be up one game in the standings, but really two because they will have swept the Bucks. Remember, they played in Week 1. Saints beat the Bucks Week 1 in New Orleans. The Bucks lose Sunday. They're down a game in the standings, but really two because of the tiebreaker scenario. Uh, reports coming out of New Orleans that Breeze has been having a little bit of shoulder issue this week. Has not practiced Wednesday or Thursday. We'll see how his uh, he's going to play Sunday, but how effective will he be if his, if he's got a you know any kind of shoulder issue? Obviously for the uh, the Bucks, the huge acquisition of Antonio Brown. His suspension's over. He will be in the mix Sunday. Plenty of snaps on Sunday night. Chris Godwin's status is very unknown yet. We don't know if he's going to go or not with his broken finger. 
If he doesn't go, you'll see a ton of Antonio Brown. If he does go, you'll see Antonio in the slot. Uh, you'll see a, either way, you're going to see a lot of Antonio. Uh, the Bucks kind of were a little lethargic Monday night in New York. Kind of a classic look-ahead game. They got by the Giants. One by two points, kind of a controversial two-point conversion, pick up the flag situation. Uh, but the Bucks survive in advance Monday night in New York. Brady played really well. Defense was not great Monday night, but they made some timely, uh, a couple timely interceptions. But again, if T- Tampa Bay, huge, huge game for the Buccaneers Sunday at home, prime time. These are these are the games why you went and got Tom Brady to win these kind of games. The offense, you got Gronkowski coming into form. Evans back in the mix. Antonio Brown, keep running the ball, Tampa. You got to establish the run game with Jones and Fournette. Um, don't don't be dominant pass centric. Make mix it up, play action. Let's don't have Brady drop back forty five times if we don't have to. Because um, again, you can't get. The offensive line's played really well. Ali Marpet might is a game going to be a game time decision with a concussion issue, so you might be down one of your all uh, Pro Bowl linemen there in Tampa. So establish the running game if you're Tampa. The I think the Bucks are playing better than the Saints right now. I think the Bucks are will have the advantage. Not sure about Mike Thomas yet. Sounds like Emmanuel Sanders will be back back. But if you're the Bucks defense. Kamara, Kamara, Kamara. He's the he is the engine of that offense is Alvin Kamara. So you gotta you gotta keep him in check. Make Drew Brees have to throw the ball down the field. If you do that, you'll have some success. I think Brady will be very good on offense. I'm looking for a big, big win for the Buccaneers Sunday night in Tampa, NBC primetime. Miami, Arizona. You think what? Why are we talking about Miami, Arizona? Well, Miami with Tua versus Kyler Murray. You saw Miami play last week. They were great on defense, devastating on defense, not great on offense with Tua. Question is, is Tua the guy that my, I think is Miami auditioning Tua for somebody else next year, or are they trying to figure out what they got? I think that, I think they're making the right move by playing them because you got to figure out what you got. Uh, remember, they have Houston, the Houston Texans' first-round draft pick, probably going to be a top seven or eight pick at, at worst. With what the Texans are doing, so if 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 you don't like what you see in Tua in these next ten games, you'll be able to make an evaluation, make a, a logical decision whether you want to draft a quarterback next year or not. Interesting matchup in the desert: the Cardinals coming off a bye, Miami coming off the big win over the Rams. I like Arizona here coming off the bye. I think Kyler's going to be enough on offense. I think the Arizona defense is going to be is underrated. And they are gonna they're gonna give the the Dolphins some problems. No Miles Gaskins, he's out. Uh, you obviously have Tua, you have uh, Devonte Parker, Preston Williams. I like the Cardinals here. I think the Cardinals will win by double digits uh, over the Dolphins in the desert Sunday afternoon. Pittsburgh huge win last week against the Baltimore Ravens. Very impressive to go into Baltimore. I had them plus four points last week and on the money line. Huge win by the. Uh, Steelers, again, Lamar Jackson not looking very uh, very confident in the passing game, especially when they, he plays a good defense. Several turnovers last week, just, just not very comfortable when, you, when he's playing up against any kind of big defense. Um, but Pittsburgh plays Dallas, should be a ho-hum affair there. Baltimore and Indianapolis, that's a very competitive game on the road in Indianapolis. That will give, uh, he will give 
some problem. There will be some problems developing for Lamar Jackson going to Indianapolis. The uh, Colts played very well last week in Detroit. Philip Rivers. So again, good job by Rivers last week in in, in Detroit. Uh, be a very good game this week in Indianapolis. Uh, toss up kind of game in my opinion. Don't have a gambling opinion on the game um, and all that good stuff. So. Those are your big matchups this week. You got Seattle heading to Buffalo. We're going to talk about here in just one second. Give me one second here. Again, you're listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. I'm Jason. Here we go. Let's go down the NFL docket. Denver, Atlanta. Atlanta minus four. That's a who cares game. Big comeback by Denver last week. Uh, another disastrous loss by Anthony Lynn and the Chargers. Denver heading to Atlanta. I would take Atlanta in the game. Don't have a gambling opinion on the game, but I'll take Atlanta to win the game. Next up, Seattle heading to Buffalo. Interesting game there. Russell Wilson on the road outside in clement weather, possibly in Buffalo. Buffalo hung on last week against the Patriots when Cam Newton fumbled on about the 20, going in to win it at the end. This Buffalo team is very tough to figure out. I like their offense, but their defense has not been great. They've got some good players on defense. Uh, Seattle is minus three on the road. I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills here. I think the defense of Seattle is not very good. Should be getting back Jamal Adams this week, but I'm going to take Buffalo, Josh Allen, Diggs, um, enough of, of enough of an offense to get it done. Give me, give me Buffalo at home plus the three points. Good teams at home getting points. Uh, tough to turn that down. So give me Buffalo in the three at home. Chicago. Going to Tennessee, Chicago overtime loss last week against New Orleans. Tennessee, bad performance last week against the Bengals. It's Tennessee minus six and a half. I'm going to take Tennessee to win the game. Don't have a gambling opinion on the game, but give me Tennessee. Got to get back to their balance. Tannehill, Derrick Henry. We talked about the Baltimore game. Baltimore is minus one and a half at Indianapolis. Again, gun to my head, I would probably take the Ravens, but I don't really have a, I don't have an opinion on the game. Carolina, my, Carolina goes to Kansas City. The return of McCaffrey for all you fantasy owners out there. McCaffrey will be back this week. Kansas City minus ten and a half. Um, I think Kansas City will win the game, but don't have a don't have an opinion on the on the spread. Uh, I like what Matt Rule's doing. They're playing hard, playing close. He's building a team there in Carolina. I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the next couple of years. Again, McCaffrey back. Um, you got Le'Veon Bell getting more integrated in the offense of Kansas City. Kansas City played really well last week against the Jets. Mahomes, five touchdown passes. Um, all that good stuff. But give me Kansas City to win the game. Detroit heading to Minnesota. Minnesota with a big win at Green Bay last week with Dalvin Cook. You'll see a lot of Dalvin play action. Jordan Jefferson, Thielen, that'll be your main targets for the for the Vikings. Detroit, no Matthew Stafford this week because of COVID, so that'd be that's that's a big that's a big uh, big loss there for the Lions. No Galladay most likely, so again, tough tough sledding for the Lions. I'll take Minnesota to win the game. Giants in Washington, that's a who cares game. Um, I like the I'll take Washington to win the game. Danny Dimes just keeps turning the ball over for the for the Giants. 
No run, not not a very good running attack. I like Antonio Gibson for the Reds for the uh, for Washington. So give me Washington to win the game. By the way, they're still in the mix in the NFC East to win the division of all. Can you believe that? Houston heads to Jacksonville. No Minshew this week for Jacksonville. Jake Luton, a, fr- a rookie sixth round pick, starts for Jacksonville. I'll take Houston to win the game. Both teams are one and six. Pitiful. Uh, if, if Deshaun Watson and company don't win this game, there'll be some major, major problems coming out of Houston. That I, there already are, but Houston, give me Houston to win the game. Coming off a bye, Cooks. Look for Brandon Cooks to have a good game from a fantasy perspective. Obviously, you have Watson, David Johnson. Uh, give me Houston. Interesting game out in, on the West Coast. Las Vegas heads to the Chargers. Big win for Las Vegas last week in Cleveland in the inclement weather. Huge windstorm game last week. Great job by Jacobs and Gruden with the game plan. Head to the Chargers. Again, another disastrous loss at the end. Up 24-3 in Denver and lose 31-30. Herbert continues to play well, but that team around him just continues to find ways to lose. I do not see Anthony Lynn surviving at the end of this year. Again, that will be a very, very appealing job for somebody. Um, with Herbert in place as a player, look for a big offensive offensive guy, guru kind of guy to go to uh, the Chargers next year. Uh, no more Anthony Lynn, in my opinion. I like the Raiders to win the game to, to, to win the game Sunday. I like what they're doing. Henry, look for Henry Ruggs and Waller and Jacobs. Those three are your, are your fantasy nuggets there. Uh, look for Henry Ruggs to have a good game on the outside. They, the Chargers traded one of their DBs this this week at the trade deadline. So again, I like I like the Raiders to win the game. The defense is playing better with with Las Vegas. The Raiders are all of a sudden in the playoff mix at four and three. They win this game. They're front and center in that playoff mix as a wild card team. Pittsburgh goes to Dallas. Again, is it Cooper Rush? Is it Garrett Gilbert? Is it who cares? Ben DiNucci did not play well last week on Sunday night. Uh, I think I heard a stat that since Dak Prescott's been hurt, Dallas has scored one touchdown in 33 possessions. One touchdown. Pittsburgh will be 8-0. Pittsburgh minus 14, that's a number. No opinion on that. If I would do anything, I would tease Pittsburgh down to minus 4 in a a 10-point teaser is what I would do. Pick two other games, a team like Kansas City, Pittsburgh. I would tease those, those down. Um... And I would pair them in a ten in a ten point teaser. I would probably do Kansas City. I would probably do Pittsburgh in a teaser, and I would probably do the I would tease the Arizona Cardinals. Ten team teaser. Ten point teaser. Pittsburgh, Arizona. Kansas City would be my three-team, ten-point teaser. So take that to the bank and catch it, baby. There you have it. Okay. Miami, Arizona. We've talked about this. I like Arizona in the game. Minus four and a half. I like the four and a half as well. So give me Arizona and the Buccaneers. Four and a half favorites against New Orleans Sunday night. I think, again, I think you're going to see the Bucks win by double digits over New Orleans. Monday night, New England and the Jets. It's a who cares game. New England minus seven, don't have an opinion on the game. Obviously, I think New England will probably win the game, but it wouldn't shock me if the Jets won the game. Um, 
fantasy nugget, Damian Harris for the Patriots. If you're looking for a, a sleeper running back this week, Damian Harris played really well last week in Buffalo. Um, that could be a guy to look for if you haven't have a need at running back on the fantasy on the fantasy perspective. So there you have it, my best bets of the weekend in the NFL. I'm going to take the Raiders. I like the Raiders even pick them game against the Chargers. I like, like I said, I just gave you the three, the, the 10 point teaser. I also like, I like a lean to Buffalo plus the three at home against Seattle. And there's a couple games with no line yet because of the COVID issue, but those are the kind of the couple games that I do like the Buccaneers minus the four and a half Sunday night. I would probably do a two-team teaser as well with the Buccaneers, tease down the Buccaneers, and probably tease down the Houston Texans potentially would be a team to possibly tease. And I would potentially tease up the Indianapolis Colts from plus one and a half to plus seven and a half. So there you have it. Again, Powers on Sports Podcast. I'm your man, Jason Powers, here in Tampa. If you got any comments, suggestions, whatever, reach out to me on Twitter at jpossports, at jpossports. Thanks for the listen. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next time on the Powers on Sports Podcast.